Hello, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for our weekly Bible study right here in the middle of this Thanksgiving season uh, that we as Christians may understand and appreciate uh, the reason for giving thanks more than anyone in the world that doesn't know Christ as their Savior. So today we're going to bring a message from the Word of God, a teaching from the Word of God on the subject, the greatest reason for thanksgiving. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, of course, it's some of those things we're thankful for as well, as much as you are. And that would be our family. It would be our health. It would be the material possessions we have. It would be uh, letting us live through crisis in our life. Uh, uh, you know, but who do we thank? Are we thanking God? A uh, 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 God that we don't even know if He, he exists or we just thankful for the stuff because of the blessing of the stuff and not the author of the blessing. You know, I, I used to see embroidered, I think, on, on something in a, in a Christian bookstore and framed. It said, it said that, that seeing a sunset and knowing who to thank. Is the great blessing and the greatest blessing. If you don't know who to thank for the blessings of the Lord, uh, then, then you, you can't really appreciate being blessed by God. But if you know the Lord, if you're a Christian in particular, and you know the Lord, you know who to thank. And we need to learn how to thank Him and and to understand a deeper uh, understanding of thanksgiving than just our health, our children, our marriage, our, our automobile, our roof over our head, our food for our stomach. We could begin with what a lot of people do, and that's telling you how many people are dying of starvation and how many people are dying of diseases and depravity all around the world and how blessed we are with all of the problems here in America, how blessed we are to live in America. But, dear friend of mine, if you are a Christian today, there's a greater reason for thanksgiving. And I want to read something today. First, before I make a comment from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, this is uh, the book of the blues, I call it, uh, because Jeremiah has preached a lifetime to the covenant people. They have drifted further and further away from God. And he preached that if they would return to God, God would return to them. Uh, just like Isaiah did, no one listened to Jeremiah. No one changed their values or attitudes of ingratitude and rebellion. And they ended up, their enemies, triumphing over them and having to give up their lands, their homes, and go down into Babylon to serve the king of Babylon instead of the God of glory. Dear friend of mine, today it was an awful time to preach this many years and shed this many tears and see the corrective judgments that were coming upon the covenant children. So in verse 19 of Lamentations 3, here's what's on this prophet's mind. Remembering mine affliction and my misery and the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled 
bowed in my margin of the Bible literally stronger than that in the Hebrew literally crushed within me. This I recall to mind. Now the focus is changing from the awfulness of the circumstance and the seeming hopelessness of the circumstance they are in. This I recall to mind. Listen to the change of focus. Therefore have I hope. He's moving from hopelessness to hope because he's recalling something to mind that is changing his focus from the circumstance and the situation. Look at verse 22. You see what he's focusing on. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In the general sense, it would cover this characteristic of God of faithfulness. But here's specifically what is giving him hope in his particular peculiar circumstance is that God is faithful to be merciful and to never, ever, ever quit being merciful. And it changed everything. Look at verse 24. The Lord is my portion, (laughs) saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. How can we do that? Because we know it's coming because of his mercy that never fails. Hence, the greatest reason for thanksgiving. And we're going to read this and a lot of scripture here in just a moment out of Psalm 136. And I want to tell you the greatest reason today out of this psalm and out of what uh, Jeremiah said. Of course, as New Covenant believers, it's our salvation. We should thank him every day for what Jesus did for us on the cross that cost Jesus such suffering and the heartbreak on the cross. But there's a reason he was sent to the earth to become incarnate, to take on flesh, to take our place and our punishment on the cross. It was because of the mercy of God. You see, that's what Jeremiah is saying. We have hope today. It's of the mercies of God that we are not consumed. But because of that mercy, we hope in his salvation. We hope in his restoration. Every act of God, every without exception in creation for man and salvation of man is because of his great mercy. Every act of deliverance, every prayer answered, and every enemy vanquished, every grace granted to us is because of not just what he has in terms of power, but who he is in terms of his person. Because God is love, and love is merciful, and God is eternal, then his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness to continue to show mercy. Amen. And grace to us today. Therefore, there are no 
hopeless situations. And it's the greatest incentive for thanksgiving. So we're going to read this out of Psalm 136, and we're going to read it repetitiously because the psalm repeats it over and over. And we believe that the Word of God, every bit of it, is inspired by God Himself. So what we're seeing here is something that God wants us to really get a hold of, get down in our heart, and have it as an incentive to worship Him uh, in a pleasing way because the incentive is because we appreciate and respond to the mercy of God. That's why He did everything He did in gracious and goodness toward mankind. Even when we failed Him, He reached out to redeem us. Psalm 136, O give Thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and for his mercy endures forever. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and because of that, his mercy endures forever. Verse 2, O give thanks unto the Lord of God of gods. Give thanks to him because he is Lord of all, Lord of everything. There's no God but Jehovah. Hallelujah. He's the God of gods. We should give thanks unto him. And this God of gods, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks unto the Lord of lords. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. When Jesus returns on a white horse, the symbol of a conquering king, a victorious general in battle. Hallelujah. There's a name written on his thigh, king of kings and Lord of lords. We should thank him that he is Lord of all. And this Lord of all, His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Verse 4, To Him alone doth great wonders. Why? Why does He do these? Because He's not just doing it to show us He has power, but to show, show that He uses this power in our behalf. Because of his tender mercies, his eternal mercies. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone that doeth great wonders, verse 4, for his mercy endures forever. Whatever God has done in the miraculous and the supernatural to inter, intercede and intervene in the normal course of human affairs because we cry unto Him, it's because that His mercy is enduring. And because of mercy, He acts in our behalf. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens, <laughs> give thanks to Him because His mercy endureth forever. Amen. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, that means the universe, the stars, the sun, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The mo- everything. You get in the picture. I know it's, it's, it's repetitious and redundant, but listen. God reiterates something 
through someone under the inspiration of the Spirit, through the psalmist, that he wants us to get a hold of everything he does. He does out of his infinite love, producing this enduring mercy that endures our rebellion, our faults, our failures, our sins, and still reaches out to save us. The worst sin that will ever be committed is rejecting this kind of mercy, producing this kind of salvation. For the scripture said, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? When the blood of Jesus was shed upon that cross, it was an act of mercy in our behalf like the world and the universe had never known. Inspiring the song, Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, Not my will thine for? The answer, I will never know why he ever loved me so, that to an old rugged cross he would go for who am I? Well, the answer, I believe, is here revealed in the revelation of the person of God causing this purpose of God to be realized, even sending His Son, giving His Son, that we might be saved. Listen, we should have eternal thanksgiving for His eternal mercies that are new every morning toward us, expressed in full revelation and realization of that mercy when Jesus stayed on that cross to redeem you and to redeem me today. We should give thanks unto the Lord, the moon and the stars he made, for his mercy endures forever. To him that smote Egypt, here's his intervention in our behalf to protect us and deliver us. To him that smote Egypt in in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel among them, Reason behind it all, for his mercy endureth forever. I know, I know it's because he's keeping a covenant with Abraham. But why did he make the covenant with Abraham? (laughs) For his mercy endures forever. Praise God. Amen. Let's get verse 12. With a strong hand and a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through it in the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. And overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for... uh, Listen, God, God is saying something to us today, isn't he? For his mercy endureth forever. Every act of God, of grace and goodness toward mankind and toward his covenant people in particular is because his mercy endures forever. To him that led his people through the wilderness, mercy endureth forever. They, they, they had to stay 40 years. Because they, out of, out of doubt and unbelief, they did not cross over and take the land that the Lord and claim the land that the Lord had given them. And yet, you can see his mercy 
because during those 40 years, while they (laughs) went around in circles waiting for a generation to come along that would believe God, God was still with them. He wasn't able to give them the, the blessings that he wanted until a new generation crossed that river amen, and, and claimed that land. And God gave them everywhere their foot sat upon to claim he gave it to them in spite of all of Pharaoh, all of the, the giants and all of the walled cities and all of the fierce armies. Praise God. Amen. Because his mercy endures forever. The Bible said, and this is kind of trivial, but it's not just trivial. Their shoes, during that 40 years, he was still with them because their shoes did not wear out. And they were not being, they were not driving around in a Buick. (laughs) They were, they were having to walk everywhere they went, dear friends. And their shoes did not wear out, the scripture said. God kept shoes on their feet so they didn't get blisters on their feet. (laughs) Amen. And their feet get so tore up they couldn't hardly walk. No, he kept their shoes from wearing out. Praise God. Why? That's an act of mercy. That, that That's why that we have hope in seemingly hopeless situations. Verse 17 says, To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endures forever, and slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, Are you saying it? For his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. Every deliverance, you see, is an act of mercy on God's part. Verse 21, And gave their land for a heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even as an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever who remembereth us in our lowest state, because his mercy endures forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven. Can you say it back to me today? For his mercy endures forever. Greatest reason to give thanks, greatest incentive for thanks, for His mercy endureth forever. Jesus tells us that a a a a a a a, a, a Pharisee, one of the highest order of religionists in the day, and 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 a publican, went up to the temple to pray. Now, this publican, no, I didn't say Republican, listen carefully, this publican, he, he, he he was hated by everybody because what Caesar did to get people to go among the Jews and collect his taxes that knew their language and and knew them he would t- he would pick a greedy Jewish person i'm not calling Jews greedy we we all have fleshly flaws and fleshly propensities but he picked a greedy person out of the Jewish culture and community and he made them a tax collector and to make sure he didn't let anybody off he picked someone he picked someone that would be greedy and 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 
gave them a percentage of all the taxes collected. In other words, the more I tax you, the more I put in my own pocket. And so they were, they, they, that's what Zacchaeus was. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? That's exactly what he was. And no wonder nobody let him through the crowd to hear Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing they didn't beat him up. He climbed a tree to hear Jesus. And Jesus came to him, this man up in the tree and said, come down, Zacchaeus, because I'm going to have a meal at your house today. And that meal with Jesus, with this very, and you know why he did that? Because his mercy endures forever. He's showing mercy to someone that deserved judgment, but he gave him mercy and it was life-changing. After that meal with Jesus and that mercy that Jesus showed him, it transformed him. (laughs) He came out of that experience with Jesus and he said, Every person that I have taken by defraud, in other words, charged them way more than he could have and should have for his own personal gain. And you know what he did? He evidently invested that money uh, to make more money for himself, which is not a terrible thing to do. But it was their money (laughs) that he had defrauded them. He said, if I've defrauded anyone in this way, I'm going to restore them fourfold. I have made money off their money, and I'm going to be like a broker giving back their money their money. Amen. Fourfold anything that I have taken. If I took a hundred by defraud that wasn't truly owed, I'm going to give them 400 back. Because what? He encountered a God that showed him mercy. Someone said it this way. I quote it a lot. Man needs to be loved the most when he deserves it the least. Only God can fulfill this incredible need. Why only God? Because only God has infinite mercy because of His infinite divine love. That's why love never faileth. And that's why mercies are new every single morning. And that's why Zacchaeus, a publican, (laughs) hallelujah, had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ when he showed him of all the people gathered there today this man deserved mercy the least and Jesus showed it to him the most by coming to his house to share a meal what a life changing what a life changing event that was well the publican went up to the temple to pray and so did one of the highest religionist of the day, the Pharisee. And so the Pharisee saw this publican pray, and he deserves mercy the least. And the Pharisee, he considers himself to be very righteous, so he's self-righteous. And here's how he prays, Jesus said. It said he looked upon the publican and said, I am glad, Lord, that I am not like other men, especially That guy right there, that publican, I'm glad I'm not a sinner. I'm glad I'm not a snake like him. Oh, friend. And then Jesus said, but the publican wouldn't even lift his eyes toward heaven because of the shame of his sin. 
And he smote his breast and cried out, Lord, forgive me, a sinner. In essence, have mercy on me. And it's because that he knew something about God, that God would be merciful to the truly repentant and penitent. And he was both. (laughs) And Jesus said both of them went down from the temple. One of them was justified. And one of them there was not. The man standing in his self-righteousness did not receive the mercy of God. And yet we all need it. You know why? The scripture said we've all sinned. Whether it's a big sin, little sin, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no not one. There's none that doeth good in the sight of God. Even when we do good with the wrong motive, it cancels what we've done in God's sight. And man looks on the outward, God goes deeper and looks upon the heart. And the heart of man is deceitfully wicked, wicked above all things and, and deceptive as well. Who can know it? God knows it, and yet because His mercy endures forever, He shows us our sin, that we might repent of our sin and receive His pardon and His forgiveness. In the New Testament, because Jesus went to the cross, paid our sin debt, stayed on that cross, because God's mercy endures forever, our sin debt was paid in full. Hallelujah. Oh, dear friend of mine, I'm glad I know something about the mercy of God today. And it makes me understand my need for mercy because everything He made for man, everything He's done to redeem man and bless man, it's all because His mercy never fails. Praise God. Amen. That's why the Bible said we should come boldly before the throne of grace, seeing that we have a high priest that was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. Let us come boldly. You see, he's merciful because he knows we are but dust, as the psalmist said. He knows we are but clay. He doesn't look over our sin, but He's willing to pardon our sin and forgive our sin. If we confess our sin, hallelujah, we can obtain mercy and grace to help. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I need that mercy today. Paul said, with his great revelations, and his inspirations, and God inspiring him to write 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. A man out of the body, he said, or in the body, I don't know, but I was caught up to third heaven. Such a man was caught up to third heaven and saw things, unutterable things. Friend of mine, that man said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And the reason grace is granted is because mercy is given. Mercy is given. Mercy is given. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Ha! God's heart responds. 
if it's truly coming from our heart in true repentance and godly sorrow. For godly sorrow worketh repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. Therefore, let us come boldly with confidence, strong consolation before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. I'm glad I can come to the grace throne. I'm glad I can humble myself before God and appeal to His mercy in my behalf. Not try to show Him my works, my accomplishments, my my goodness, my greatness, my anything, particularly my righteousness. I can't stand in my righteousness. Hey, old horse, you can't stand in yours either. Because in reality, the righteousness of man compared to the requirements of a holy God, the Bible said our righteousness, the very best of us, is as a filthy rag, something God cannot possibly Except, and not only does not accept, he absolutely is repelled by our offering of our own self-righteousness, even the best of us. We all need a Savior. We all need the mercy and the grace that he brought to us and that God grants to us. And it's obtained when we confess our sins There's none righteous. (laughs) No, not one. There's none that doeth good, not in God's sight. So we all need a Savior. And God has provided a Savior for all. For God so loved the world that He gave. Gave, gave to lie in a manger. No, that's where it started. That's not the climax of what He came to accomplish. That's where it began in a manger. But it it came to its climax on the cross. That's where the prophecy was fulfilled. Surely He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray. But God has laid on Him, on Him, the iniquity of us all. Friend of mine, it's all because His mercy endures forever. Right now, today, if you're a Christian and you're trying to achieve some level of righteousness that is commendable and God commends you and you should be, we should be seeking to be sanctified every day. As Paul said, I sanctify myself daily. I set myself apart unto God for a holy purpose. We should seek holiness, righteousness, but we should understand whatever we achieve will never be enough without the blood of Christ. 
But thank God that blood was shed. And thank God we have been washed in it and made right with God for one reason and one reason only, not because of any merit on our part. We have been given unmerited favor because His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come to Him. Run to Him. Don't run from Him. Don't run from this kind of love, this kind of grace. How shall we escape? Escape what? The judgment to come, the wrath to come. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? Oh, come to Jesus today, this very day, and celebrate your salvation. And Christian, let's be thankful. This Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving Day is over, let's continue to thank God because His mercies are new every morning in Jesus' name.